on Roe v. Wade or against the decision by the Supreme Court. I think that's the way it's worded, something like that, right, Katie? Exactly. Yeah, so go to at WFLA News on Twitter and get your vote in there. We'd like to hear from you what you think. And meanwhile, uh, Florida's new law to ban abortions after 15 weeks is at the center of a hearing was yesterday. A Leon County judge is going to decide whether to grant a temporary injunction and and therefore block the law from going into effect on Friday. It was supposed to go into effect at the end of this week. And uh, there were protests last night in reaction to the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. And in fact, all weekend long. And now it's up to the states to determine their own abortion laws, which is probably not a bad idea. And there are a lot of people that are in favor of the Florida law, which makes it okay to have an abortion up to 15 weeks. Uh, the only problem some find with the abortion one is... Um, there's no right to go on and have an abortion after a rape or incest or something like that, which obviously could be added to the law with no problem whatsoever. But some lawmakers are pushing for a special legislative session to pass more stringent abortion laws like some other states have done. And then, of course, a lot of Democrats are against it as it is now so it's going to continue to be a top rated issue here on into the elections i'm sure um and it's going to be interesting to see how all of that develops hey last night we had no ball games no rays and obviously no tampa bay lightning either but we got the brewers who are in town the Milwaukee Brewers are going into a series with the Rays beginning tonight, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So at least we're back with the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's a good thing. Um, meanwhile, again, if you want to get on board here, give us a call at 800-969-9352. And we'll have Chris Trinkman coming in here in just a minute and talking about what's new, what's big, what's happening right now. But in the meantime, it's 10 minutes after 5 and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. We'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, and even if there is a, a block on the law, you know, it'll be appealed to the appeals courts. And, uh, you know, so far they've indicated that they're, you know, they're, they're not going to block the law in the long term. So but, we'll see. Yeah, the uh, one statistic here, kind of interesting, for the Florida Agency for Healthcare Administration, 79, well, nearly 80,000 abortions were performed in the past year in Florida, and the data shows the vast majority of those, about 94%, happened in the first trimester through week 11. So uh, basically that would be... That would work out with the current law, but uh, further, the numbers point to 119 
Total abortions due to life-dangering physical conditions, 118 due to rape, and then, well, eight due to incest. So uh, that's something that needs to be taken care of. So, Jack, would you consider running for president? I don't think so, <laughs> although I think I'd have a better chance of winning than Joe Biden. Well, you know, a talk radio star Howard Stern says he's considering a, a presidential run. Howard Stern is? Howard Stern. <laughs> so, you know, let's hear it for the radio guys. Well, right? he probably has a better chance than <laughs> Joe Biden as well. Now, Stern oh, man. isn't heard over the airwaves, but he's on that, you know, the XM or the Siri, you know, the satellite radio. Yeah. And he said that the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade has motivated him to potentially run in 2024. He said he'd run on two issues to uh, end the Electoral College and then uh, and then obviously overturn the Roe v. Wade. So that would probably not make him a Republican. No. On, those, on those two issues alone. <laughs> not by a long shot. <laughs> I don't and know people, if he's a Democrat either, but he's definitely not a Republican. People don't understand the Electoral College and the difference it makes that if the Electoral College is gone, presidential races and any other races like that are going to be decided in New York, Chicago, and L.A. That'll be pretty much it because you get the popular vote, so you got where the majority of the people are. They're going to decide who the president's going to be. Your vote isn't going to count one stinking bit. Yeah, but the the advantage to that, Jack, is you wouldn't need political parties anymore. Anybody could run for president, and if you become popular nationwide, you wouldn't have to be uh, playing to these uh, state political groups and all that to, to win individual states. You would just have to be the most popular candidate, and you wouldn't have to be a Democrat or Republican. You could be anything. Oh, yeah, but. So that's the the argument in favor of it. But, you know, that would require some kind of change to the Constitution. And there's just not enough support for that. Oh, right no, now. it's not going to happen. I mean, I know, but I don't understand. Well, I understand why these people are for it, because they want to see decisions made in New York, Chicago and L.A. and yeah. places like that. Well, I think that one of the controversies, Jack, is so many of these presidential elections haven't been decided by popular votes. They've been decided by the Electoral College. In other yeah. words, you know, you, you can have a lot of presidents elected like George W. Bush or Donald Trump without winning the most votes, but they win the most electoral votes. Oh, yeah. I remember we were following and we were covering the election and it looked like Hillary was a shoe in, but she lost the electoral college. That's right. Vote. She didn't win enough states, so yeah. that that's how she lost. That's right. You know, Donald Trump though has sort of paved the way for guys like Howard Stern or Matthew McConaughey or these other celebrities to consider political runs. You know, he proved yeah. that you can be a celebrity even with baggage and still win. Yep. And so we'll see if that turns into a you know a flood of these guys trying to run. We already know some of the political guys who who may be running, like Ron DeSantis. But uh, you just don't know in 2024 who's going to come out of the woodwork and uh, and capture the imagination of voters. Yep, that's for sure. Well, Chris, we'll have more coming up here in eight minutes at the bottom of the hour. And it's 522 and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Jack and Katie here this morning, and it's... 526 on AM Tampa Bay and our number 800-969-9352. We've got a Twitter poll on whether or not you are in favor of the Supreme Court decision. 
and you're either for it or against it. And uh, how's the Twitter poll looking right now, Katie? Well, it ended up being a 73% of people say they are in support of the Supreme Court's decision against Roe versus Wade. So 73% of our audience agrees, and the Twitter poll's over. It only runs for 24 hours. All right, so uh, 73%. How many people do we have voting, by the way? It doesn't say now that the Twitter poll's done. Oh, it's gone, darn. But across the U.S., Americans reacted in... Um, the well i'm looking for this this is a cbs news poll and it showed 59 percent of americans disapproved of the decision so they disagreed with our majority and 67 percent of women surveyed also disapproved in contrast 41 percent of americans and only 33 percent of women said they approved and additionally, 52% said the decision was a step backward for America, while 31% a step forward, and 17% said neither. And of those surveyed, most also said they wanted abortion to be legal, even if restricted in their state. Only 9% wanted it to be illegal in all cases. And in Florida, 15-week abortion ban already scheduled to take effect in July, but Friday's decision by the high court may lead Florida lawmakers to push for more restrictions in future uh, legislation. And while polls have shown a majority of Floridians believe abortion should be legal in all or most cases, the uh, state is pretty much deeply divided on the subject so we'll have to see how it plays out looks like it's going to be in the news for quite a while now it's 528 on a.m. Tampa Bay blue I think are grapes or prunes or I don't know what hmm. and the red is some kind of strawberry stuff or I don't know what I'll have to find out what it is maybe I can get a picture of it and somebody can figure it out whatever it is sounds good if there's blueberries strawberries whatever it is it all sounds good to me Sign well, me up. I'll have to find out from her what it is. There is this story. I saw this the other day, and I meant to talk about this on What's Trending, and I forgot, but on Reddit, where people like post anonymously, it's a popular website, but someone posted the other day and asked, what is the worst food crime you've ever seen someone commit? And there was a bunch of them on there. But one of them was using ketchup as a base for pizza or pasta sauce. And I want to know if anyone has ever done that, because if so, that is disgusting. I have never like if I'm if I don't have pasta sauce, never once in my mind has it even crossed for me to use ketchup instead. No, as much as I love ketchup, I wouldn't want to use it that way. Yeah, like if Tate's, you go to Tate's all the time for pizza. If they came out and were like, hey, Jack, unfortunately, we're out of pizza sauce today. Would you like some ketchup instead? You'd be like, no, absolutely <laughs> no, not. No, I'll, I'll come up with another another something <laughs> to put on it, but not ketchup on pizza. I read this whole list, and I think that was the worst food crime I read on there. <laughs> well, we do now have a state dessert in the state of florida and we'll tell you what that is coming up here in a couple of minutes it's 5:41, and here's john thomas with traffic 
This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5:44 on AM Tampa Bay, and if you want to get on board here, give us a call at 800-969-9352, or you can text us at 82945. Just begin your text with the call letters WFLA, and we would love to hear from you. We're talking about the, um, well, what people are getting in a pizza thing here. This happened up in Atlanta. A man complained that there was too much mayonnaise on his sandwich, and he opened fire at an Atlanta sandwich shop, killed one employee, and injured another. This was about 6.30 Sunday night at a Subway restaurant attached to a gas station in downtown Atlanta, and police said the man argued with the two female workers before shooting him. And they talked about how tragic this was. The deputy police chief, he said a 36-year-old man believed to be the shooter was arrested Sunday night after someone, well, the police aren't identifying, provided him with information, but... Um, the woman was 26 years old. One of them was, the other was, well, the one is in critical condition. The one who died was 26, and the injured woman's five-year-old son was in the restaurant at the time, and they talked about what kind of trauma that's going to cause for the uh, child. But this is incredible that somebody didn't have enough mayonnaise on their sandwich to go crazy like this. And uh, fortunately, they do have the guy. And, I mean, is this guy going to be put to death, or are they going to just put him away for a while and let him go again? Or the big question is what's going to happen to him because something – Horrific ought to be done when you shoot somebody over not having enough mayonnaise. Or no, there's too much mayonnaise on his sandwich. And I'm, well, never mind. That's just a terrible thing to have happened. By the way, you probably heard about the train that derailed, the Amtrak train that derailed after it hit a dump truck in Missouri at a crossing yesterday and well the figure we have now is three killed and several were injured as the uh, train I think about seven cars were knocked over and there were about 243 passengers on board and there were a lot of injuries too apparently but um, we don't have all the details yet there were Seven cars derailed. There were 12 crew members on board, and three passengers were taken to the hospital in Columbia, uh, Columbia, Missouri. And the uh, passengers on the train included high school students from Easton, Kansas, who were headed to a Business Leaders of America conference in Chicago. And this town has a population of about 160, and it's about 80-some miles northeast of uh, Kansas City. But I have ridden that train, 
Uh, well, I rode it from Chicago down to L.A., that Amtrak train, and it's a pretty neat train. But apparently, well, when it hits a dump truck, there's nothing you can do to keep it from derailing, that's for sure. But you tend to think you're totally safe when you're riding a train. And that's unfortunate that three people got killed on that train. Uh, I saw pictures of the the cars that were derailed lying on their side there. I mean, that's incredible. Because, again, people tend to think that railways are totally safe. Not necessarily the case. We'll have Rory O'Neill coming up in a few minutes. And they got a new study that says Americans, 58% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. And, well, wait till you hear some of the other figures. Meanwhile, it is 549, and uh, we'll have traffic coming up in a little while. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And time now to hear from Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter. And this report is brought to you by the Oncology Institute. And Rory, I see these stats you have here that 58% of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck. I guess this is following the um, COVID problem, and which really disrupted American life. Um, but yeah, th- and all this inflation isn't helping. You know, uh, we're up to 58% of Americans now, as you said, paycheck to paycheck. That's about 150 million Americans. It was 54% back in May of last year, so the number has ticked up a little bit. actually came down slightly from the April figure, but we'll just call that statistics. But still, that's 150 million Americans, uh, paycheck to paycheck. So when you see these big spikes in gasoline prices, it hurts. When you see how much more it costs for groceries, it hurts. Uh, and, and clothing and shoes and up and down the line. That's why this inflation uh, is really grabbing everyone's attention. Yeah, and I see that this includes this 58%, 36% of those making more than $250,000 a year. That doesn't seem like you'd have to just work paycheck to paycheck with that kind of money. Yeah, you'd think, right? Now, you know, look, maybe it's their poor spending habits and they don't know how to control what they spend whatever on. But, you know, for a lot of people, too, San Francisco, New York, you know, the housing costs can be phenomenal. Uh, and a lot of their budget is quickly swallowed up by, you know, higher taxes in New York or California uh, or, or those higher rent and mortgage costs as well pricey cars they probably don't need and probably pay too much for it. But uh, yet 30% of people making a quarter million dollars a year say they go paycheck to paycheck. Plus, don't forget, a lot of families have those student loans out there as well. Uh, That makes it difficult for a lot of those higher earners uh, who recently became, say, a new lawyer or a new doctor or something. Hmm. That is amazing. I'd like to be able to fail with that much money. (laughs) 
But it's a good problem to have, and maybe you know it's because they're younger. Maybe that's why it's a little bit more difficult. But you know we're going to see these uh, rising interest rates also start to hurt a lot of bottom lines. Uh, you know, those credit card interest rates are climbing up faster for a lot of people with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. The credit card rates are following, so maintaining a balance on a credit card is something that uh, is now a whole lot more expensive, and will keep on climbing as the Fed keeps on raising those rates. Yeah. Things aren't going to get any better any sooner, but we do see gas prices are dropping now slowly but surely, which is kind of nice. I mean, they're still about twice what they were a couple of years ago, but at least they are coming down. Yeah, I was surprised to see them coming down going into this holiday weekend. You know, we've got almost 50 million people traveling this weekend, but still uh, the gas price is coming down a little bit. I'm stalling to bring up the gas buddy number for Florida, 463. 463 is the average Florida price. 489 is the national average. Hmm. Yeah, and ours. I just got 455 yesterday, so I guess I'm lucky. Yeah, (laughs) and I found it dropped in a couple of our stations here on Gandy Boulevard on the way to work this morning, which is a good thing. Well, Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter, and the report brought to you by the Oncology Institute, a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. Six locations across Tampa Bay. Make an appointment at the oncologyinstitute.com. And it's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. We have boys and girls clubs of Tampa Bay. So happy birthday to Michael, to Terry, and to Keith. And do you have any birthdays, Katie? I have two, my cousin Tommy Cook and someone I went to school with up north, Dustin Hart. Oh, everybody around you is having birthdays. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, that's a good thing, for sure. And we've got some, well, some other comments to make here. Uh, A bear walks into a bar and says, give me a whiskey. Uh... Uh, and a cola. And the bartender says, why the big paws? And the bear shrugged, I'm not sure I was born with them. A <laughs> uh, man tells his doctor, Doc, help me, I'm addicted to Twitter. And the doctor replies, sorry, I don't follow you. Oh, I get it. And two dragons walk into a bar, and the first one says, it sure is hot in here. And his friend snaps back, well, shut your mouth. <laughs> Those dragons have flames coming out of their mouths. Well, now, this one I like. A weasel walks into a bar, and the bartender says, wow, I've never served a weasel before. What can I get you? Pop, goes the weasel. <laughs> and we'll go on and do one more here. Did you, uh, let me see, wait a minute, is that the? Uh, the claustrophobic astronaut, he just needed a little space. Oh. Um, These are not good. Maybe I'll finish these. Why did the frog take the bus to work today? Because his car got towed. And that was an old one, I think. What did the shark say when he ate the clownfish? wasn't very funny. This tastes a little funny. <laughs> Now, what kind of tea is hard to swallow? Reality. Oh, that's true. 
and we'll, along with all the rest of those, just tear these up and get rid of them so nobody else will be bothered by them. Um, we'll have this day in history coming up here in just a jiffy. It's 10 after 6, and here's John Thomas with our traffic still, and British withdrawal under the cover of darkness. 1855, Signa Chi Fraternity is founded in North America. In 1865, the Army of the Potomac is disbanded. In 1870, the U.S. Congress establishes the first federal holidays. They are New Year's Day, July 4th, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And in 1894, Labor Day becomes an official U.S. holiday. 1896, an explosion in the Newton Coal Company's twin shaft mine in Pittston, Pennsylvania, results in a massive cave-in that kills 58 miners. In 1902, the U.S. Congress passes the Spooner Act, authorizing President Theodore Roosevelt to acquire rights from Columbia for the Panama Canal. In 1919, the Treaty of Versailles is signed, ending the state of war between Germany and the Allies of World War I. 1926, Mercedes-Benz is formed by Gottlieb Daimler and Carl Benz, merging their two companies. In 1950, the Korean War suspected communist sympathizers between 60,000 and 200,000 are executed in the Bodo League Massacre. 1950, also the Korean War, the North Korean Army conducted the Seoul National University Hospital Massacre. In 1964, Malcolm X forms the Organization of Afro-American Unity. In 1969, the Stonewall Riots began in New York City, marking the beginning of the Gay Rights Movement. In 1978, the U.S. Supreme Court in Regents of the University of California First Bakke versus Bakke bars quota systems in college admissions. There can't be racial quotas or anything like that. Uh, in 1987, for the first time in military history, a civilian population is targeted for a chemical attack when Iraqi warplanes bombed the Iranian town of Sardash. In 1997, the Holyfield Tyson II, Mike Tyson, is disqualified in the third round for biting a piece of Evander Holyfield's ear off. I remember watching that fight, and he bit his ear. I mean, they were clustered together, and he reached over and bit his ear and chewed a piece of it out, and you could see it there. Uh, in 2004, in the Iraq War, sovereign power is handed to the interim government of Iraq 
by the Coalition Provisional Authority, ending the U.S.-led rule of that nation of Iraq. And finally, in 1888, Tampa's first paved sidewalk appeared on the southeast corner of Franklin and Lafayette Streets, where Franklin Street's still there, and Lafayette Streets is now Kennedy Boulevard. So that corner is still there, and that corner is still paved. And that's our Today in History for June 28th. And this day in history is presented by the Fitzgerald Auto Mall. At Fitzgerald, it all begins with a low price in writing posted on the window of every car. Transparency and trust, that's the Fitz way. And there we are for today in history. Hey, by the way, we forgot to mention uh, earlier, Katie, that the um, the legislature, one of the bills that they have passed is we now have a state dessert. You know what it is? Strawberry shortcake. You got it. I'm sure the people uh, in the lime industry are not happy with that, given key lime pie is a very popular thing all over the state. But the folks in Plant City are mighty happy. I think they ended up making key lime pie the state pie and then just moved the strawberry. Oh, you know, I think you're yeah, right. They so did do that. still gets a title. Yeah, they did that some time ago. So you're right. It is the state pie, although I like apple pie custard <laughs> like a few others too but uh no, i love that strawberry shortcake and that makes them mighty happy in plant city it's six twenty on am tampa bay and time to check out traffic with john thomas this is am tampa bay with jack harris on news radio wfla and we're joined by sarah lee kessler our nbc news radio reporter and uh first of all uh, Sarah, we've got, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is on suicide watch now because of, um, her sentencing that's coming up today on sex traffic charges. Yeah. And, um, what do you think the sentence is going to end up being here? Yeah, that's a really good question. Prosecutors want the judge to throw the book at her. They're asking for 30 to 55 years. Hey, Sarah, Sarah, if you can hold on a minute, we're not picking you up right. There's static in the call here, and Katie's going to fix it here for us. Also, want to talk to her about the truckload of migrants that were found, and so many of them had died, but We'll uh, get around to that as soon as we get her back on the phone here. Boy, all the progress we've made in phones, we still have some problems with them. But Katie's getting it fixed right now. We got James Judge who's going to be joining us in the uh, next half hour. He's a candidate for House of Representatives in the 14th District. So we got her. Sarah, are you there? I'm here, Jack. Ah, you sound okay, good. So we, were, we were talking about the Ghislaine Maxwell sentencing. She really could face life behind bars because she's 60. 
and prosecutors are asking for 30 to 55 years. Of course, she is asking for leniency, claiming she had a very troubled upbringing. You know, she came from a privileged 1% family over there in the UK, uh, but she said it was troubled and that she fell into Jeffrey Epstein's orbit after her newspaper publisher father died. But uh, her crimes are being called monstrous by the prosecutors. Uh, we're talking about grooming young girls as young as 14 for uh, sexual abuse by Jeffrey Epstein over a 10-year period. Yeah, and obviously she was very much in on it. Of course, uh, Epstein went on and took his own life, so he has avoided prosecution that way, but um, I guess she That's could. That's true, and you know, one of the things she she has claimed through her lawyers is that she is being over-prosecuted, has been over-prosecuted, because Jeffrey Epstein took his own life. So all they had left was she, and that she was a minor player in all of this. Hmm. Well, I don't know that she would have been a minor player because she was providing these these youngsters, basically. Oh, yeah, certainly. She was going to malls in Florida. She was looking for girls who seemed uh, like they might be, um, let's just say, amenable. Uh, girls who were 14 to 17, that seemed to be Epstein's type telling them, um, hey, you can make $300 cash for the day if you come over uh, with me and uh, I'll show you how to give a massage, and that's all you got to do. But it ended up, of course, being a lot more than that down the road. Yeah, for sure. Well, Sarah, live from New York this morning, and uh, NBC News radio reporter and on Twitter, at Sarah Lee Kessler. And, Sarah, we'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you this morning. Oh, thank you. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. She did get caught. Uh, the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office launched an investigation in February, and they ended up finding that she stole around $230,000, give or take a little. But, uh, yeah, she's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, brother. Hey, we got, um, well, time's running out on a winning lottery ticket in was sold uh, in Hillsborough County, and the uh, Florida Lottery said the deadline to claim the winning Fantasy Five ticket is today at midnight. And the ticket for the December 30th, 2021 drawing is worth 32, well, a little over a half thousand, nearly 33,000, the top prize. And it was sold at a racetrack on State Road 54 in Lutz. And they're encouraging anyone who bought a Fantasy Five ticket from the gas station to check the tickets and see if they could be the winner. And uh, the ticket has to be claimed at a Florida Lottery District office or at the headquarters in Tallahassee. I'm not sure where the district office is. But if nobody claims the prize, the money goes to the Florida public schools, which, of course, they can use them, I guess. That'd be a nice piece of change, though, $32,500. Powerball now, the uh, 
jumped up last night to 365 million and that makes the cash value 207 and a half million uh, the next drawing for powerball is going to be on wednesday tonight will be mega millions i'm not sure what that is it's less but if you got the cash value of 208 that would be uh, 152 million after taxes which is a fairly decent piece of change um, we got James Judge who's going to be joining us in a couple of minutes and uh, he's a candidate for the House of Representatives and we're going to talk about what happened to him because the state of Florida disqualified him and I don't know what that's all about, but we'll find out from him. Meanwhile, it's 6.40 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check on traffic now with John Thomas. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.44 on AM Tampa Bay, and we got a very special guest joining us now who has joined us on air in the past, uh, James Judge who is running for Congress now in the 14th Congressional District. And James, thanks for being on board here this morning. But Thank you for having me, and I'm a glutton for punishment. I decided to run for Congress. So. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but uh, we understand here they disqualified you from running. What's that all about? Well, there's two requirements to run for office, um, and that is you need to submit an oath, and then you also need to submit a check. We did both of those things. The state provided one in the qualifying handbook, and they provided three links to the forms that you're supposed to fill out. None of those links worked. <laughs> then uh -huh. later, uh, in May, they submitted a memo out to candidates which told us to fill out a different form. That's the one that we filled out. Um, I submitted it. Uh, had it had it notarized, did all the right things, submitted it. The state didn't. We we also submitted it first and early. We actually were in before anybody else. It was the first Republican candidate qualified, and the state accepted it, reviewed it, and then approved it. And I was actually qualified before anyone else. It wasn't until five days after the qualification period ended that the state decided to. Um, tell me that I was no longer qualified because I filled out a state candidate form instead of a federal candidate form. Now, again, they had guided us to do that. Guess what the only difference is between the two forms? Both forms you swear an allegiance to support and defend the Constitution, Constitution of, the States, of the United States, as I've done when I served in the Coast Guard, as I did when I worked at ICE and when I worked at the Department of Defense. In addition to that, the state form has one, one other thing, and that's you, you swear to support and defend the laws of Florida, which... Being a Floridian, being the only guy who was born and raised right here in the district, I have no problem swearing to support and defend the laws of Florida. Like this is, I'd like to make America Florida. Um, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> it's we have the right ideas here. We have the you know uh, the right values here, and that's why people moved here in droves during the past two years. So um, and have been for decades. So uh, so all I'm asking is to get on the ballot. You know, I was endorsed by. Mayor Hibbert in Clearwater, Congressman Ted Yoho, and then probably most near and dear to my heart, I was endorsed by the Tampa Police Benevolent Association. Oh, that's good. And, you know, to have law enforcement support, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. But for the the uh, the division of elections to tell the, the people of Tampa Bay that they can't uh, have a choice on the ballot and be able to vote for me when I've met every single legal threshold is a shame. So we filed a lawsuit yesterday, and uh, and that's just to bring you up to speed on where things are. <laughs> Well, what, what's the status on the lawsuit? I mean, how long will it take? It would seem that they're going to have to, 
get that done rather quickly because obviously you've got a campaign, you've got to run, you've got to do all sorts of things in order to try to get elected. Absolutely. Well, um, we filed the lawsuit yesterday morning. Uh, we've already been assigned a judge. We're requesting, there's two parts of the lawsuit. There's the complaint and there's also a, um, uh, motion for, I forget, an injunction. Um, and we're requesting two different ways. We're, we're trying to do it quickly because they're printing and mailing out military ballots next week oh, uh, for yeah. our folks overseas. And that would be a large base of support for me. Um, but oh, you know, yes, definitely. There's, there's no doubt that uh, I, I mean, I can't say this for sure, but speculation, but I believe that Castor's people are behind this. Um, you know, she's been an institution here for a while, but being the only candidate that's born and raised in the area, I think that, uh, I have a really good shot to beat her. I think that we've seen, um, the red wave that's coming. My Flores won in Texas. That was a D plus 10 seat. You had Youngkin win Virginia. It was a D plus 10 seat. Uh, this seat is totally within play. And I think that her people are terrified and they did everything they could to try to get me disqualified. If I could make a prediction, I think we'll be back on the ballot either by the end of this week or hopefully the middle of next week. But we do have uh, Independence Day uh, coming up. So that may delay the courts. We're, we're, we're hopeful, though, for a quick resolution. Yeah, because, uh, again, you've got to Work about getting, I mean, campaigning and all the other things it's going to take. And you're running against uh, Kathy Castor? I am. I am running to unseat Kathy Castor. But you know what's kind of funny? I mean, people can learn more about me at judgeforcongress.com or... They can go to kathycaster.com. I went ahead and bought that. She hadn't, and uh, I decided. Oh, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> so if you go to kathycaster.com, you're going to get James Judge. That's right. You'll find my face there. So, And, and you know, this is, uh, unfortunately, with something like this, the only thing that you can, in a campaign, you've got time and you need money. And this is uh, an area that hurts for us because we got to f- shift our ex- efforts to focus on this lawsuit. But we're not really losing much steam. In fact, we've gained several events since then. Anybody who wants to come out tonight... Um, we'll be at Three Daughters Brewery in St. Petersburg from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, so come on out, uh, hang out for a Judge for Congress party down there. Um, and then we'll be around different locations throughout the Bay Area. Uh, hopefully every single day I'm trying to have an activation of some sort. So I, I like that name, Judge for Congress. <laughs> Thank you very much. Or I do it could too. Be Frankie Congress running for judge. <laughs> no, but seriously, good luck on this, James. We wish you the best. And Thanks for joining us this morning here on AM Tampa Bay. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll stay, keep people up to date on what happens. I mean, you can keep us up to date. Oh, I, I, trust me, I will. The one thing that they backfired on, I own a PR and marketing firm, and when they, they backfired on this, I don't think that her people thought about the fact that I love earned media. So it was like, oh, give me an opportunity. Kick me off the ballot. We'll go out, we'll talk about it, and then we're going to get right back on the ballot. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm confident we're going to win this. It'll be the first of many victories. We're going to win this. We're going to win the primary on August 23rd, and we're going to win the general in November. We're going to flip Tampa Red. So well, good luck, James Judge, for congress and thanks for joining us thanks jack appreciate it it's six fifty on am tampa bay and john thomas has got our traffic this is am tampa bay with jack harris on news radio wfla it's six fifty five on am tampa bay by the way this is something a lot of people are really happy about the uh supreme court ruled six to three that the school district in washington state had violated the first amendment religious freedom protections when it fired the high school football coach 
Joseph Kennedy for leading personal prayers at the 50-yard line after the games. And you've no doubt seen the pictures of him out there praying. And, of course, this is quite a victory for religious freedom. But in the case, the high court held that the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protected an individual engaged in a personal religious observance that they were protected from government reprisal and the court found that the Constitution neither required nor allowed governments to suppress such religious expression and Coach Joe Kennedy no longer works for the uh, taxpayer-funded Bremerton School District in Washington State claims his rights were violated when the district uh, forbade him from praying in view of the public after the games. So, good decision there on the part of the U.S. Supreme Court by a vote of 6-3. to three. Some kind of interesting thoughts on the part of those three who opposed that decision, but they were the losers. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up.